This podcast may contain questionable language, will contain spoilers, and is live from a table at Dorsia. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 107 of Movie Drone. I'm still Steve. I'm still Mark. That took me a while to get that. Did it? (laughs) I was sitting there thinking, uh, that's like a big gap that I need to edit out now. (laughs) About as long as the theme music. (laughs) (laughs) So I can just slot it straight in. That was a good one. Yeah. Good one. Thanks mate. Why mate? Hello. Hello. Um, Go on, say it. Clammy, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's changed from from what to clammy because we've clammy had a little though. bit of rain. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous! <laughs> oh, it's just funny. You just see everyone from England on like Twitter and, and all the social media is just going. What we on it? I can just see your top lip glistening. <laughs> I'm really sweaty. <laughs> Since you've shut that door, yeah. um, I am actually really sweaty. Yeah. So it really is hot. In, in England at the moment. We've yeah. got the storms that are coming now, haven't we? So yeah. hopefully we won't get one of them because that will affect the recording. I imagine yeah. this thing leaks as well. So I'm a little bit worried about that. But other than that, mate, how you been? Hot, mate. It's been hot. Oh, well, it's been one in oh, Actually, everyone week. wants to know. Sorry, I'm going to stop it. Have you had a turn yet? No. You haven't had no, a turn yet? I've been all right. I've been yeah. proper all right. I've been, we've been doing it sensible. So about 10 o'clock the other night, I said to the Mrs. Dog need to walk. So we fucked off to the beach. So we went down to Laysdown. At 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock at night. Did you? Walked in beautiful it was, mate, in the dark. Yeah, he I'll had a great time. He was loving life because right. it got cooler. He did cost me a jumper this week. He was really hot at work. Right. And I was like, oh, poor little sod. So I soaked one of my jump, work jumpers and laid it over him, cool water. And then it was so big, he was dragging it around, so I hacked at it with some scissors. So I've made him his own dog water thing. Oh, yeah? But yeah, he got back in his well, like a jumper thing. little mini jumper thing. That you I know you can with. buy the proper ones of them that you put in the fridge? I yes, mean, mate, but he was hot at that point. Oh, okay. And I had to sort of try and make it work for him because I was okay. a bit concerned about him. Right. I actually took one of, oh, we've got uh, tea towels in the freezer and that. And I did a workout the other day when it was really hot. Or I run, I can't remember. It's like 35 degrees. And I got home and I took one of Doug's tea towels and put it on myself. Oh, fuck him. No. Don't worry about him. Now, I don't know about you, mate. I'm one of these people. You see people walking around, running, flapping their hands like little pricks. It's running after me. And I'm going like, stop flapping your arms. And he's like a bee 20 foot away. Right, okay. So I'm that person who's like, just leave me alone. No, right. got fucking attacked last night, mate. Yeah, stand there minding my business. One went, ran at my belly, stung me, and then fucked off, <laughs> leaving its stinger implanted in my belly. <laughs> it probably died. No sympathy off anyone whatsoever. Well, it probably out. died. I, I'm sympathetic die. for the bee. I was upset about the bee because mm. I'd got nothing against bees, mm. but it attacked me. No oh, sympathy at all. It should have aimed for the face. That would have been a better story than that one. Um, and quick but boring story. I just want to apologise to you this week. Really? I've been really late getting back to your messages. Right. Um, my phone shit itself, basically. Right. I've been late to work twice. Have <laughs> um, I can't hear any messages. I fixed it now. Fixed Get it. a new one. It's fine, mate. It works. It's not fine. Look at it. Yeah. It's I know fine. people who have handed down phones like that to their children and their children are saying that they need a new phone. Phones are nothing but aggro, mate. Nothing but aggro. Right. How's your week been, mate? It's not been too bad, mate. No? It's been all right, yeah. Okay. Um, thanks for letting me off last week with the uh, 
with the moving mistake thing. Yeah, that's gone now. You know what? I didn't one, want to dwell on it, man. Well, one episode after, you yeah. can't bring it back, can you? So you thanks knew for how that. bad it was. <laughs> um, yeah, not too bad. I'm going out for an anniversary dinner this oh, Saturday, oh, nice. which is good. It's uh, I'm supposed to have it on in April. Mm. Don't ask me the date. Okay. Um, April. When's the date, Steve? Uh, what I'll do, right, yeah. is after this, I shall record every number. First of April. Second, Second of April. <laughs> yeah. Third of April. Tasting the right one. <laughs> I'm impressed you know the month, mate. Yeah, yeah, good. So, yeah, we're going out for dinner. Nice. Michelin yeah. star place. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you'll get to get glammed up and that. So, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be hot, but there you go. Very nice. Yeah. So, and I've actually got something for you. For me? Yeah, it's not from me. I mean, I stopped buying you presents quite a long time ago. But there is someone who still loves you, Mark. Oh. And uh, you've got it in front of you. So uh, we was in bed the other night. I mean, Jill, it's not one of those stories. It's just a story about you lent her a book, I think, did you? Lent her a I book? did. Yeah, and she uh, sort of turned the page and she said, what the fuck is that? She said, you've put a Fold dog ear yeah. on the put." She said, you can't do that. I said, well, I do that all the time to my, uh, to my books. She said, that is... I've written it down because I can't really say it. Sacrilege, apparently. That's sacrilege. Mate, to if a only book. she saw my textbooks, I'll write in the fuckers right, and everything. Yeah, I'm sure. Apparently, sacrilege, horrified are the words I've got written down. So uh, she's bought you a present. Okay. She bought me one as well. Okay. I think this is just out of the fact that probably two for one or something, but <laughs> we've got something. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. That's better than I thought it was going to be. That is awesome. What you got? I've got a Jaws bookmark. Have you? Yeah, huh. which goes with my new 500-piece Jaws puzzle I got really? bought this week. Excellent. So if Jill wants to come around and do my... I've got Friday wow. the 13th. That is awesome. That is, honestly, That's I actually cool. honestly thought that they were going to be too tooty. Maybe <laughs> quality, <laughs> isn't it? Oh. No, they are actually the mutts nuts. So I've got to stop folding pages. And I've got to start reading books. I was going to say, <laughs> Jesus, mate. I've got one. I was going to say, yeah, but six page books with the cat, uh, fat hungry caterpillar. You <laughs> probably don't need one. <laughs> I've got one. I've got, I've got a book That's quality on as well. It's yeah. got a little tassel on it. There you go. That's from Jill. I'll get two Jill. of those and put them on my nipples. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Beautiful. That's Beautiful. awesome. Thanks, yeah. Jill. You like that? I'm halfway through another book as well. So oh, I yeah. Can... That's boring book stories now. I knew that would happen. I've got one more thing. Present school. Oh, yeah. Apparently, my girlfriend's great. Right. <laughs> She's obviously found my notes, mate. <laughs> she written on She's written on my notes. <laughs> Where is she? Yeah, there we go. Right. She's obviously found them. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Right, okay. Is that you then, mate? Yes, mate. Is that all you've been up to? Yes. Right, okay. Um, you got any thanks this week? I mate? have. And I know you've told me not to do this one, but I'm going to do this one for Emma, because she retweeted twice this week. Fucking twice. twice. Right. So retweet thanks to Emma, Mark Seeger, Forza Crowd, Ramna One Half Pod, Inconceivable, Ryan, Right Stuff Reviews, What Should We Watch, Fat Drunk and Stupid, Tim, Breaker 6696, Andrea Rika, Glyn with one N, Beautiful and Remote Takes. Just looking at that bookmark, it's really good, isn't it? It's quality, it's good, isn't it? It's quality. I will have to start reading. Um, so special thanks this week. People have gone the extra mile. I've got some Friday followers from last week. It's Thursday again, isn't it? It's Thursday oh, no. again. Weird. So Jill, Cassie, VHS Strikes Back, Miriam, Jamie Russell, Jamie Owen, Cinema Recall, Sean Panda Nicholson, Emma at the Movies, WTM Watch This Movie and Mr. Positive T, Wolfie T, Mike, Mike and Oscar, Okajura Parlayawa, Dan and Nicole from Twin Picks Podcast, Movies on the Way and Podcast HQ. So thank you very much to you, mm. special people yeah thank you so much all right mate so um i've got a brand new promo <laughs> sorry after last after last week you know i'm gonna have to put that noise in every week i mean what what was when i listened back to it it was just even better than i remember it was just one of the most amazing noises i've ever heard i'm sorry i can't even remember doing it no 
<laughs> anyway, right, okay, sorry, get yourself together. I've got a brand new promo. Wow. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to that song from that movie. (laughs) You don't know whether it's gone in, do you? You don't know whether I'll put the noise in or whatever. You're editing genius. Yeah, there you go. So that's the promo for that song from that movie. So we've got Dietrich, Mm. Alex and Ben on a journey through the very best and worst movie songs. Do you have any uh, favourite movie songs, mate? Too many, mate. Too many to mention. Do you want me to mention them all? Well, no, not them all, but I mean, oh, just give me a couple. all the songs from Grease 2. Really? Blame is. No Shallow from... Uh, from <laughs> Didn't wait for me to get there, mate. Oh, right. Songs from the movie that shan't be named. I thought you'd started at the bottom of <laughs> Grease 2. <laughs> is that yeah, it? Fuck you. Yeah, oh, go on. Okay. I've got some. I mean, go don't, don't you forget about me. Simple Minds from yeah. The Breakfast Club. Okay. It's one of my favourites. When Doves Cry, Prince, Purple yeah. Rain. Ghostbusters, Ray Parker Jr. Remember when that come out? Yeah, awesome. I had the cassette tape. Did you? And Footloose, Kenny Loggins. Oh. Um, I listened to their James Bond episode, 1970s James Bond songs episode. Mm. A bit lost on yours, by the way. Don't have a favourite Bond song, do you? I'm going to say no. Right. (laughs) 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 No, I do like the Duran Duran one. um, Future Kill. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Excellent. <laughs> okay, so listen to that song from yes, that mate. movie. Right, okay. I am lost this mm-hmm. episode on this. I mean, we don't actually talk about this an awful no. lot, do we? You do actually give me the name for it just before we start recording. Yeah. But you said to me, impressions are surprised this week. Mm. Right. Okay. Couple of disclaimers. Right. I promise right. this is not racist. Right. And I'm sorry it's really long. Right. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready, yeah. This is Mark's movie impression for episode 107. And this is Surprise. You ready? Yeah. You ask it for chips and you get nothing. Yeah, you should tell management. I pay a dollar for chips. The chips get drunk. The manager (laughs) gets my dollar and I get no chips. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you've done this. Right, sorry, compose myself. Go, go. Please, tell me, what flavour chips did you eventually decide upon? Who cares? They were paprika-rich chips. I like the ridges. I put the tip of my tongue between the ridges. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is where the salty chip dust is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. I love the ridges. Yes, but uh, what are these chips made from? Porto. Excuse me, what? Porto. Can you say that again? Porto? <laughs> yes, but what are these chips made from? Porto. You can join in if you want, mate. <laughs> Sorry, but what? Porto? I don't understand. Can you say that again? Porto. Please, one more time. Porto? Okay, this is embarrassing. But please, can you say it a little slower? Porto. 
I am very, very sorry, but I need to know what these chips are made from. Porto. Please, one last time. Porto. I think he's trying to say potato. Oh, yes. Potato chips. Potato chips. (laughs) (laughs) Am I? Is that right? (laughs) Oh, my favourite scene out of movies, I think, than any ever. From uh, from the Greasy Strangle. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, mate. I'm sure that's going to make me laugh a lot. I couldn't couldn't really laugh out loud here. We never got through it. Well done for doing the old scene, mate. Thanks very much. From the Greasy Strangle. There you go. I thought you'd like that one. Right, okay. So, do you want to move on? Yes. This is the... Movie Drone Wall of Shame. There we go. So, Movie Drone Wall of Shame. Uh, you challenged last week. Who did you challenge? I challenged Paul Did you? Yeah. yeah. For inappropriate... It wasn't... No, it wasn't touching. Niceness. No. Niceness. Yeah. Okay, I'll remember that now. Um, for some reason, I thought that was a completely different scenario. Um, okay, so uh, my challenge this week. Yes, mate. Okay, so I am challenging someone, a friend of the show. It's Flickface from Twin Picks. So I know we Flick did Nicole. Face. Yeah, I know we did Nicole the Is other day. Well, she obviously was on because she was giving him cats and that, yeah, yeah which, is, which is horrible to give yeah. someone to have to watch. And they have the stitch up section. Dan gave Nicole yeah. brain dead. Yep. And there is Worse no cats, way. <laughs> there's no way in a million years that brain dead is a bad enough film to give to someone as a stitch up. Oh, we're going to disagree on this. No, I don't no, think you should go on no, there, no, 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 no. I'd rather watch cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, be careful what you wish for. But um, yeah, I mean, he's actually on in a bit. He's on in a bit. We won't oh, no. tell him. So uh, it's quite funny. I feel bad for him. I don't think that deserves it. But it's really? your choice. Okay, I do. Brain Dead is not a film for stitch up. So Flickface from Twin Picks, you are challenged. Nasty bastard. <laughs> right. Okay. Do you want to move on again? Yes, mate. Okay. This is the next section. This is a section that we like to call Question, question time. time. Question time. Question time. Time for the question, question time. Question time, question time. Time for the question, question time. There we go. So you challenged Paul for a question stuffed wall of shame last week. Yes, did mate. he deliver? Of course he did, with comedy genius <laughs> such as yourself, with your <laughs> Stephen Mick, but less subtle. So he says, hi, Stephen Dickhead. <laughs> Due to the current climate, cinemas are now re-showing old films. Which five films would you most like to see re-shown and why? I've included my five below. Okay, excellent. Mm. Good question. Mm. Good question. Good question, surprisingly. What you got then, Kind regards, anyway. Kind regards, Paul Headley, contracts manager. (laughs) Was it on, like, official paper? On official official work's email, (laughs) it was. My first one? Yep. Fury. I saw that. I I know, I remember you telling me about it, Mm. and I remember you telling me about the anxiety of watching it. And I got similar watching it here, and I just think it. For, I've gone for more experience rather than necessarily my favourite films. Right. So one that I think would be cinema worthy, and I think Fury would be on there. Okay, yeah. I mean, it was pretty tense. I'll tell you that for nothing. Mm. Um, I mean, we saw Jaws a few years ago, didn't we? We did. Yeah, That's um, why it's not on my do list. Do you remember when uh, it was in the old cinema and yeah. they had the homebrew, and I got wankered on a couple? I was like, carry him out yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Oh, good times. It was so, warm times. as well, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've got The Exorcist. Okay. I remember when they reissued this in the 80s and all the churchgoers were out with their placards yeah. trying to stop us, everyone going in. And you see so many old, or the old footage of people sort of freaking out when they're mm. in there. I'd like to see 
what sort of reception The Exorcist would get now in cinemas to try and see whether society's changed so much it's got less impact, whether people would actually care about other people going to see it like they did then, um, and whether people actually freak out watching it. Cool. There's probably a lot of people who ain't seen it. Mm, Interesting choice, mate. Thanks. Paul's number five is Forrest Gump. He says, so many great scenes and has an all-round solid feel-good factor. Oh, he sounds like a nice guy, Paul. He's not, he's a cock. (laughs) My number four, mate, American Werewolf in London. Love to see an old retro horror film like that. Yeah? Love to. Okay. Well, on the same vein as that, I've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, nice one. Um, Mainly for the sound. I'd love to hear the chainsaw in, like, Dolby Atmos. Okay. Imagine how cool that would be. Cool. Paul's number four, saving Private Ryan. He said, the first 15 minutes on the beachfront would have been a cinema must. It's a solid war film and has to be a cinema must. All right, keep repeating yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. I reckon it. I can't even remember if I saw that in cinemas. No, I certainly didn't. Yeah, I might have done. Yeah. I might have done, yeah. Um, mm. Interesting. My third one, mate, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. Or Anos, as us cool kids like Yeah, to I didn't it. know what that was when you sent that no. through. No, no, I thought it was, it was a spelling error on your crappy phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love to see that one. Oh. It'd be great. Okay. I've got The Empire Strikes Back, but I have got a bit of a caveat. What, they don't play it? If only I could watch it for the first time again. Oh, okay. At the same time. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a caveat there. I'd be like, I'd smack you over the head really hard, see if you get ever seen it, if you like. <laughs> yeah. Paul's number three, The Matrix. Right. Because it's a cinema masterpiece, Stephen Markey says. It's been copied so many times that the original cannot be topped. Have you seen it? You've seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, is it something that you like? I've not got or? the raviness of a lot of people over yeah. it. I did like it. Robin, my... Uh, Brother-in-law likes it really a lot, doesn't he? I mean, I don't mind it. I just think the first impact of it when you watch it for the first time is cool. My number two, American Honey. Oh, really? Yeah. I think the soundtrack would be great. I love the cinematography. I love the look of certain scenes, and I think they would look great on the big screen. Yeah, interesting choice. My last two are just basically about the new technology that we have, and I'd like to see a film in new technology, maybe remastered or whatever, certainly with better sound and screen. First one is Aliens. Okay. In IMAX, I'd like to see that. Good choice. Yeah, I thought that might sneak on to you. Yeah, yeah. Paul's number two is Gladiator. He says, The film has war drama up close and personal combat, screams of pain from sword and axe blows and blood spatter. That's a good description. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My number one, mate, The Exorcist. Right, okay. I'm Have I ruined yours? To, no, Sorry. no, you're not ruined it. It's Sorry, just what you want to say. Desperate to see that at a big screen. Right. Desperate. Okay. If stay or see that being reshown, I'm there. Right. Um, I've used my last choice. Now, this is not one of my favourite films, but this is a film that I wish that I'd seen on the big screen yeah. because of what other people say. And it's Gravity. Okay. And I'd like to have seen it in IMAX. Because I've heard that it's fantastic. More for the silence than anything. Well, just it's apparently absolutely amazing yeah, in, in I can IMAX. Imagine. Um, and I missed it. I mean, I watch it at home and I still I don't mind the film. And again, it's not one of my favourites. But I've just heard that it's absolutely wonderful in IMAX. Okay. So, yeah. Paul's last one. He's gone for The Dark Knight. Okay, yeah. Which I think would be good. He said, it's a great film, stunning performance from Heath Ledger. And the sound and visuals are by far the best I've seen. Okay. I saw that in theatres. Did you? Yes, I did indeed. So I did. I started thinking about a lot of the stuff and then thought I did actually see that. Yeah. I did yeah. actually see that. Yeah. Although I'd like to see it again, but I have seen it. Right. Okay. So. Thank you very much for that, Paul. Yeah, thank you for that, Paul Headley, contract manager. <laughs> Thanks very much for the question mm. and uh, keep ragging on Mark. He loves it. 
Mate, do you want to tell everyone how they can get us on social media? Yes, mate, they can get us on Twitter or Instagram, which is at movie underscore drone or via email on movie drone podcast at hotmail.com. Yes, they can indeed. Yes. Cool. Nice one. Okay, so the reason that we're in the sweat box. So this is Listener Request Week. Yes. We saw a film on we the did. request of someone. What did we see? We saw a film that is currently 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. is an 18, one hour, 41 minutes, billed as a comedy crime drama with a synopsis of a wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent hedonistic fantasies. The $7 million budget and grossing $34 million this is directed by Mary Harron, based on American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis, starring Christian Bale, Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto, Josh Lucas, Samantha Mathis, Matt Ross, Bill Sage, Chloe Savine, Cara Seymour, Justin Theroux, Guinevere Turner and Reese Witherspoon. This was 2000's American Psycho. Well, let's beat the person who chose the film because he's come on to discuss it. Hello, Dan. Hello. How are you guys doing? You all right? Who's Dan? Who's Dan? <laughs> Dan, oh, aka Big Face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're really hot, mate. Uh, we've been talking about it again. It's getting a bit boring, but we are we are really hot. Yeah, shiny. I've been melting. Have you I've been melting away? Yeah. Do you know what? I decided the other day that, that, that if you want to clarify too hot to someone, it's the point at which coconut oil melts. I think. Yeah. If you've got yeah. a pot of coconut oil on your sideboard, if it's melted, it's too hot. The cooking mm. stuff. Someone's middle class, yeah. aren't they? Fucking coconut <laughs> oil. <laughs> got it cheap at the boot sale. As I say, we're still on lard. <laughs> um, okay then, mate. So uh, you chose this film, American Psycho. Without giving too much away, do you want to tell us why you chose this one? So American Psycho, it's one of my, yeah, it's definitely, it's one of my favourites. I sat down and did a, a top 10 list the other day, funnily enough, and it, and it went in there because I can just watch it over and over again. It's 80s, I'm always a bit of a sucker for 80s films. It's a little bit ambiguous without giving too much away. I like those sort of films and it just makes me laugh. It makes me laugh so much. Uh, it's a dark, to me, it's a dark comedy. Okay, excellent. Um, um, before we get into it, the age old question. Have you bought a clip? Right clip so i went to the shop and um they didn't have any they had sold out of american psycho clips they did have one clip left and i had to get it um it's cats is that is that okay <laughs> you guys you're gonna regret that can we one, use the cats <laughs> i mean listen well mark will just send me some clip and i'll stick it in i think that's the way <laughs> let's have a listen to the clip i feel lethal on the verge of frenzy I think my mask of sanity is about to slip. Do you have any witnesses or fingerprints? Actually, yes. Hmm. You're inhuman. I know my uh, behavior can be erratic sometimes. Hey, Paul! There we go. Well, hopefully that was American Psycho and not Cats. What was? I mean, find out if our clip shop had any, won't we? You didn't choose Cats, Dan. No, you didn't fancy that. I d- no, I didn't. But um, that's all they had. What can I say? Okay. There we go. Right. Okay. So, um, who's going first? Shall I give it a spoiler? Go on. In. I was so fucking happy when he chose this film. Right. Okay. Fucking love this film. <laughs> well, yeah. Really. Quality. Absolutely. In fact, I'm quite new to this one. I've only watched it. Probably a year ago was the first time I'd ever watched it. And I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't get round to it. It was just one of those I didn't. I suppose I've I've come round to Christian Bale a lot more recently. 
uh, with Le Mans and stuff like that. Never really was a huge fan, but it is fucking awesome. Great choice. Well happy. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous that you got to see it for the first time so recently. Yeah, it is just uh, brilliant. So, go on then. What did you think, uh, Mark? Go. It's 2000s, but it is so 80s. Right, yeah. It is. It could have been made in the 80s. It probably could have done, but I think that you probably needed uh, to see everything that went on in the 80s to make it like this yeah but it was so if you made it at the time i think it would have been uh not as good i think once you've seen all of the depravity that happened in the 80s yeah. with the yuppies yeah. and all that you could actually write the story better yeah but it's like it's like dan said he's like i don't know whether you feel like you should laugh at it as much as you do because it is mm. it's definitely got that comedic point to it where you're just thinking you laugh to yourself and then you check yourself and think should i actually be laughing <laughs> at this well this is a good film to actually sort of measure how much of a psycho you are isn't it yourself <laughs> yeah it's like to say if you laugh at this you're pretty much fucked up in some way yeah, it's you know what hilarious I mean? yeah. it? <laughs> well that's what i'm saying it exactly proves my point doesn't it yeah what do you think then mate uh i i mean i loved it i didn't think it was a f- i didn't realize it was a female director until this time yeah um, Mary Harron. Yeah, I actually did not know that until this time round, um, which I, that doesn't make an awful lot of difference, but it sort of paints a little bit of a different picture to it. You know I think, what I mean? I think it does. I think it does in this case slightly, just because of the nature of the, some of the material that's, that's in there. Yeah, definitely. It's quite dark, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it just? Yeah, I was quite surprised. And um, I, I mean, I love the 80s soundtrack. You know mm. me. Uh, I was sort of a teenager in the 80s and stuff. So, I mean, I was going to discos listening to this music. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's oh, really weird. I remember the first time I heard this on my wireless. <laughs> I, did, wasn't, <laughs> I heard it at like discos and stuff when I was going. You know, you have like the erection section at the end where you have to yeah. try and pick up girls. Well, I was listening to stuff that was on this um, <laughs> while I was doing that, slow dancing with girls. So, well, I mean, I have an affinity for it. I love it. I noticed a couple of things. He's got your shower routine, yeah, hasn't he, before absolutely. you went full oh. on Hobo, yeah. which was good. And, yeah, I mean, I do love it. It's not a nice film to watch. It's got all the horrible bits of masculinity and materialism and everything. But yeah. it just packages it in a film that is great fun to watch. It's making fun of that max masculinity, though, isn't it? Isn't it like the, the mindless hedonism of the eighties and how sort of futile it? That's how I see it, anyway. Yeah, it's like Bateman is this kind of cardboard cutout of a human being, doesn't know how to act. References pop culture, watches certain films before he commits certain acts. I feel like his whole personality is just based on sort of pop culture. I find it interesting. I'm a bit of a sucker for all of that 80s music as well. And cheesy 80s, I'm, I'm always on board for it. But I do find it interesting that the stuff that they chose musically was quite bland. I mean, you know, Huey Lewis and the News. I mean, you had an instrumental of Whitney Houston in there, which obviously he, he loves. He, he talks about it in quite some detail. So does Mark. But I do find it interesting. <laughs> You on for that bit, where you up? I'm, 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 I like it. I like Whitney Houston. I'm not ashamed of it, mate. <laughs> Go on, carry on. But I, 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 I guess what I, what I was saying is, I just I find it interesting that a lot of the references that they chose to use were quite mainstream references, rather than you know a pocket or a niche area. It was just this blanket. This is eighties, and these are the songs we're choosing. Yeah, I mean, I liked the narration. I thought the narration did mm. set the scene. I mean, it almost made him non-human. Does that make mm. sense? Probably noticed it more this time. You know, obviously, when you do do a podcast, you watch films in a different way. You'd sort of taking yeah. notes etc and i must admit um on top of the female director the one thing that i did notice more on this was the narration mm. and how good it was yeah and it sort of did paint a more of a picture of him than i have seen any other time i've watched it okay 
Can I go back to the music? Mm-hmm. Do you know why I this could be totally wrong, but why I felt like they chose those songs? Um, I I felt that the songs were pretty bland and run of the mill, mm-hmm. and I think actually Patrick Bateman and his mates are bland and run of the mill. Yeah. So I think because they're all homogenised generic people, I think they chose homogenised generic music to go with it and chose it as a square thing. So they're all trying to be, they're all basically the same person. When he confuses him with, yeah. is it Helber Brand or Hallibrand or whatever his name yeah. is, the reason he confused him is because they're all the fucking same. They've yeah. all got the same yeah. glasses on, the same suits, the same tides. They've all got the same business cards minus a couple of <laughs> thicknesses and microns of thickness and different colour ink. They're actually all the same thing, which is why I think they chose that sort of square pop music yeah totally like banal and, and sort of bland and yeah. as you say they're all kind of the same they're all sort of it seems to me that what they're conveying is that everyone in that kind of era is scratching around for the same thing and the, the success and this goal but everyone wants the same thing and it's kind of meaningless in a way and that's why i kind of like the way that they portray this like, like i said like this mindless hedonism but i think the, the pop culture stuff definitely feeds into all of that with his personality i think like he's a he feels like a bit of a a nothing character and he's just using things to kind of fill his persona up yeah um, and portray himself in a way he wants to be portrayed i mean i love i love the way that they use those uh those pop culture references certainly with the music to elaborate mm. on some pretty nasty scenes i've got to be honest mm. i mean it, it's just amazing that they have that and they have the monologue that he always does and you're sitting there waiting for the music to sort of get right to the to the chorus before he obviously starts committing some depraved acts. Yeah. Um, and I thought yeah. just thought that was brilliant. I thought that added to the to the tension of the scene. I mean, especially obviously the killing of Gerard Leto's uh, that was great. character. That was brilliant. <laughs> well, I, I think everyone enjoyed that bit, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. And you're right about the mistaken identity because it does run all the way through the film, and it's probably for me the most interesting bit of it but i do find that and we'll get to it later on that it's also slightly it's undoing as well and i think the director has admitted that there's certain bits about the mistaken identity that she put in at the end that she was unhappy about uh, when it actually finished but i really like i say i i'd really loved i mean no one likes being called someone else do they i mean if someone starts talking to you and they call you something (laughs) different i've got loads of people at work who still call me dennis Okay. You know what I mean? I don't correct them because I don't care. But what I'm saying is, you sort of, some days you just think, really? Do you know what I mean? Like, do I look like him? Yeah. And I suppose in their case, they do actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, this Dennis is, this Dennis is like a little bald man. I don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Go on then. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, I don't know about you. This is my favourite Christian Bale film. Probably mm. by a long shot. And I did read that this was supposed to be Leonardo DiCaprio, but he wanted too many scripts and character changes. Mm-hmm. And then it was actually given to Ewan McGregor, and Christian Bale begged him not to take it so he could have it. Right. And yeah. I think this film is so defined towards Christian Bale, I can't actually imagine anyone else playing. I know you've got the madness of DiCaprio and stuff yeah. like All for Wall Street and that, but I thought Christian Bale nailed this, and I think it's the best thing he's made personally i totally it's my favorite christian bale performance hands down um i'm a sucker for the dark knights so i just go and rewatch that pretty much every month but um in terms of performance this from christian bale was was epic and i think that's the reason why i can carry on rewatching it over and over again because of his little mannerisms and the things that he kind of improvised with you know, with the axe and the moonwalking and stuff like that it's um, the things that took me really off guard the first time i watched it but i found it 
quite funny. And I think without Christian Bale, I don't think this, personally, I don't think this film works. I, I can't imagine who else you put in yep. who's going to have the same sort of effect. Yeah. I mean, we get some pretty uh, nasty scenes. I mean, the first time that we see him uh, probably lose it because of the check on his masculinity after the business card scene is when he kills a homeless person mm-hmm. and the dog, I've got to say. I mean, I'm yeah. not happy Minus about that. Minus points for the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just do love the way that all of these little things set him off. We've all wanted to do I'm actually I'm going to rephrase that <laughs> we've not all wanted to obviously kill a homeless person what I'm saying but we, we all have those moments where we just need that release and I suppose it does show someone who is totally on the edge and capable of doing anything and I suppose like I say it, it's, it's almost like a composed falling down isn't it yeah so you got yeah. where Michael Douglas yeah. goes just nutcase and just goes on a rampage yeah he's doing it bit by bit sort of topping himself up let releasing then topping himself up releasing yeah I mean this is just something stupid like having the worst business card though do you know what I mean oh, no. kicking a dog to death and the homeless man what do you think about the violence in it Dan well I've watched it a couple of times this week I, I must admit and it's not as violent as I remember it to be in terms and what I mean by that is that it's not as graphic uh, they don't show a lot they show blood and they show you know that it's very violent and there are certain scenes that allude to things that are going to happen like uh, the uh, like the prostitute scene when when they she said she had to go to the emergency room or you see her go yeah. out in a bit of a state yeah they could have easily yeah. gone over the top with that yeah maybe exactly that's, well, it's like Jared Leto isn't it you don't actually see any blows yeah. maybe a female director um, as some I mean I'm not saying that a, a male director wouldn't have done but certain male directors would have certainly gone for the shock factor um, and so maybe it actually benefited from, uh, from I, I, I find it surprisingly reserved because I've not read the book, but from what I hear, it's it's pretty, pretty brutal. And I, I feel like the film does hold back somewhat. It's more of the material. But I just, I think they got the balance right of showing just the, the right amount of Less of is more sometimes, and, I suppose, isn't it? Like a lot of things. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about pop culture references, uh, watching my favourite film whilst working out. I mean, I do that all the time. Do you watch Sex with James or Massacre while you're working out? Yeah. <laughs> Grease 2. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> is it Grease 2? Grease 2, I do all the dance moves too. I mean, I loved all that. Working I loved out? That. What do you mean? Do you look at me, mate? Do I look like I work out? <laughs> but yeah. Cocktail for me. It makes oh, me angry. I love Cocktail. <laughs> oh, Such a, a terrible good film. Oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, we do see a bit of his sort of humanity in it, though. I mean, he lets Gene go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't going to, obviously. I think the phone call might have saved a life. But we did see that he had a, an inkling of it. I mean, most of the rest of the mm. film, he spends on the edge, doesn't he? Yeah. It's to that point. I mean, I, I was confused with his relationship to Courtney, right. which is Samantha Mathis. Mm-hmm. I couldn't quite work out why he was wasting his time with her when he was sort of surrounding himself by all these high class women if you like why he felt the need to hang around and associate himself with her I didn't get that mix whether or not he felt some emotional attachment because uh, she was emotionally fucked up as well because obviously there was zero attachment with his girlfriend Reese Witherspoons he just didn't want to be there Yeah, and he sort of been dragged to do it but he actually initiated and went out with Courtney and took her to um, not Dorsia Dor- not doors. I can't Not remember. That. I can't remember the name. Of the rest of took her. Ar- Arcadia. Yeah, um, and took Maybe. her there. He sort of put himself with her, and I, I found her character a bit strange. Hmm. I didn't really. The mistress. Yeah. 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 I mean, I thought that the scene after he'd um, after he'd slept with her, and she asked to talk, and he just turned around and said, "You look marvelous." And that was it. That was all he wanted yeah. to engage with her. In. I thought yeah. that was very <laughs> blunt, um, and something I'd probably do. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True story, man. Yeah. 
We see little bits of him obviously descending into madness after he's taken the model home and he's playing with Varea afterwards in the <laughs> office, what's left of Varea, um, and filling the crossword in as meat and bone. Do you think yeah. that the character dials it down enough non-psycho when he's sort of at work or whatever, or do you reckon that you see him too psycho all the time? When you say at work, he never actually works, does he? No, I suppose not, no. Anyone actually see him do any work? No. He sits in his office, he's obviously rich enough that he ain't got to worry about it, but... It was a lot of it was centered around work, but I never actually saw him no. do anything. So, do you think he played it pretty much perfectly, Dan? I do. I mean, I, I'm a little bit biased because I've seen it so many times, but I do think that he played it perfectly. I mean, there's, there are scenes with the detective uh, Kimball where he's trying to keep it a lid on it, um, but you can see under the surface that he's still, you know, he's still screwing. He's still, he's still on the edge of that flipping out. But I think. I think he dialed it back enough. And particularly, I think with some of the scenes with his friends, when they're all sitting around a table um, and they're having a discussion about, I think there's one scene where Christian Bale is remarking about anti-Semitic remarks. But for me, when he's saying that, he's, he's repeating something that he's heard mm-hmm. in order to maintain this kind of, you know, facade. So I think, I think yeah, I think it's dialed down enough as, as much as you can dial it down about, you know, it's a film about an American psycho. So I think he did do enough. Opposite to that is I really enjoyed it when he flipped out as well and just went crazy with the uh, the, the Huey Lewis monologues and the accents. <laughs> it was great. What did you think of Willem Dafoe? Oh, you can't he, do his impression, can you? No, I can't. I thought, <laughs> I thought them scenes were possibly some of the sort of tensest scenes trying to work out yeah. as they were both measuring each other up. Because it was almost like Christian Bale was trying to measure him up as much as William Defoe was trying to measure him up, and it was almost like a little chess game watching them play. Um, and I thought well, the restaurant scene was great. Those um, those William Defoe scenes. I don't know if you guys managed to catch the Blu-ray commentary or anything like that, but um, the, the director Mary Harron describes, or she she says that she'd asked William Defoe to play that scene, those scenes in three different ways. Right. The first one as if he knew that he'd committed the murders. The second one was as if he didn't know. And the third one was as if he wasn't sure. Right. And what they did is they cut together different versions of his performance. Just to throw you off guard a little bit. When I first saw it, that, that scene made me feel quite uncomfortable and on edge. And I didn't quite know why. But when I'd heard that, I totally can see it. Because it, it cuts from scene to scene. You can see the change in in uh, Willem Dafoe's demeanour. And I, I, fa- I found that really unsettling, that whole vibe of those scenes. All, all of them, all of the Willem Dafoe stuff, I thought was just great. That's yeah. clever, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, that's actually quite... That's was quite clever. Of, yeah. uh, to be honest, I mean, as an actor, if you're asked to do that, I mean, I, I wouldn't have a clue. Would you Would you have a clue, really, well, what to change Me? in your nuances? I mean, how good is that for, for someone? I couldn't even spell acting. <laughs> I couldn't even spell it. <laughs> I mean, it just must be so difficult. I could do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> piece of piss, mate. You couldn't, you can't even do the accent. There's no, no way you can do the accent. But yeah, then we have the uh, mistaken identity raises its head again, yeah. and he has that lucky break of the alibi. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. I love the way that the mistaken identity keeps coming back, and you think it does him a favour, etc., and then it doesn't, and it does. Well, that just comes back to the thing that they're all exactly the same, doesn't it? Yeah. That it's almost like going back to the point with him where you're saying he's dialing it back. He's only ever dialed it back onto the level and the ego that everyone else is playing off. It's that competition. It's that pissing contest that they're all having, isn't it? 
Yeah. The breakup scene, I thought that was quite good. I thought that was quite... Uh, I thought it was quite sad, I've mate. been in those situations. Have you, have you been in those situations? I have been in those situations. Yeah. I can totally relate to that situation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't... I didn't. I wish I'd only known the phrase, I need to return some videotapes in that scenario <laughs> back then. Yeah, what was I'd that? I would have used it. What, what, what was that? Because that was something that I didn't quite... Why did he use that all the time? Is there an actual reason for um, it? Or is it I, just something that was in the, in the script? Well, I don't, um, I don't know the answer. But off the top of my head, well, I think it's because he's so well researched in you know the the songs that he listens to and all all of the pop culture stuff and restaurants and reviews and he's just repeating obviously reviews that he's read verbatim. I look at that as that he's so well prepared for any question that he has that um, when he's asked a question that he, he can't answer. Uh, in a way that makes him look normal, he just that's his go-to. I need right. to return some videotapes because okay. he says it with the detective. He says it with his um, with his his fiance, uh, and yeah, he says it a few times. And to me, it's just like his go-to. Like he doesn't know what to say. Let's say that, and you know, it's quite a good one. I'm definitely taking it. Yeah, so uh, I'm washing my hair one, the male version of I'm washing my hair. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, you'd get away with that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, and then we get to, I mean, the scene that I thought was a bit, I liked it, but I thought it was, yeah, it's a little bit out of place, um, which is the shootout scene at the ATM when he obviously makes the error. Now, I know looking into this afterwards that it possibly didn't happen the way that, that it says. I mean, a lot of this film, you are obviously led to. Work it out yourself whether you think it happened in that sort of way or not. Mm. Um, but uh, the shootout scene, did you like the way that it just went from one to a hundred? I did start noticing as the film goes on, it's ramping up, it's ramping up, it's mm-hmm. ramping up. And for me, that was a view of his level of sanity in that this is about him teetering on the edge. Mm-hmm. So I think as we join him at the start of the film, he's on the edge. And then we're just seeing him go off this cliff and just go absolutely nuts. So... I've heard some interesting things where, like, the director's talking and saying the idea is that you get to the end and you think, oh, he's not a killer. But she's saying they're not saying he's not a killer. They're just saying he's obviously a fantasist. So, yes, he can still be committing these crimes and doing things, but he's actually, his fantasies are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So, although he's probably only doing the smallest things, he's just got this big idea in his head that it was absolutely massive. And that's something to do with his obviously his psychopathic tendencies but also his ego's getting out of control mm. isn't it okay but i love the scene yeah what about you dan i really enjoyed it the last um the last few scenes and that that the one that you mentioned about with, with the police car and he, he's shooting the police car and it explodes and the way that he looks at his gun and then checks his watch as well i think that's all great but for me that bit part definitely is fantasy i don't have any doubt in my mind that that part is 100 percent fantasy yeah, but it's all the stuff before that that I'm not quite sure on. I've got my, I've got my theories, but I enjoyed the last scene. I think it's great, and it does feel disconnected. I think you said you're not so much of a fan of that scene, Steve, or or is it is there a reason because it was it a transition between things? Or I didn't. I mean, I I liked the scene. I thought it was actually quite funny um, in a way. I mean, it, it was it was obviously it was a bit, sort of a bit slapstick. Out of, if yeah. if you if that's I always a, thought of it like Die Hard. Yeah, it was it was a bit weird and. It was more yeah. about the fact that I was, and, and we'll get to what was sort of said at the end and what the director said at the end. So it got to the point where I was starting to question, because well, we have the other scene as well, where um, he goes back to the House of Horrors 
and all the bodies and that are gone. Mm. So obviously we have the house of horror scene where he has the two girls there again and then he has the chainsaw yeah. and he drops it and she sees them all and it goes back to this. So all of these scenes sort of combined was what made me start thinking about whether it was all in his, his mind. And, that, and this is why we get when we get to sort of like the end scene, um, I'll explain or what I read about um, what the director said. But yeah, it just made me, because I couldn't remember... Uh, I haven't seen it for quite a long time. So thank you, Dan, again, for, for bringing it to us. You are welcome. Um, so I hadn't seen it for a long time, and I couldn't quite remember whether it was all in his head. And these sort of scenes were leading me down that path. And and like I say, I enjoyed the scene. I just was hoping that it wasn't one of these, oh, it was all a dream films. Yes. Um, yeah. Which we had with totally. quite a few things. Remember yeah. Ghost Stories? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, I mean, you, you know, it's my pet hate of any yeah, film. Yeah. It, oh, it was all a dream. Yeah. It's, la- it's lazy. It's it is really lazy, but I like, yeah. like the way the ambiguousness of the whole film really makes you... Different people can take different things. Some people get to the end and go, well, it was all in his head. Some people, whether the director wanted that or not, some people get to the end and go, no, he was a complete psychopath, he did this. I'm down that middle road of he was definitely a bad guy and he was definitely up to something, but a lot of this was over-excited fantasies in his head and they were sort of getting away from him, so he was... He was a murderer, but not quite the murderer he thought he was. Now, when you go to, like, I'll use Airsoft as an example. You go there the first time, and you get this stuff on, and suddenly you think you're a commando, and you're rolling around, but actually everyone's just looking at you, thinking you're a twat, just shooting you. Do you know what we'll, I mean? We'll he, think, yeah. We think you But do you know what I mean? It takes a lot to be an expert at something, and I think he fantasizes All these people that go on Pop Idol and stuff like that, and they stand there, and they're singing, and they actually think they can sing, and you're thinking, fuck me, who's standing on a cat? <laughs> and I think he's along those sort of lines where in his head he's an opera singer and he's could be the next pop yeah. idol, but realistically he's yeah. one of the Jedward twins or something like that. Mm. So that's an interesting. I've never heard that before. That's an interesting take. So like he's somewhat uh, hallucinating, but he he's yeah, got he, delusions of grandeur yeah, and he exactly wants to that, be yeah. a bit more than he is. Yeah, exactly that. That's interesting. Yeah, I never thought of it that way before. But I mean, how fucked up are the eighties? Where because the actual thing of that scene with the bodies obviously missing. The actual scene itself, when you read up about it, is that it did actually happen. There was actually dead bodies in there. And it was actually based around the fact that real estate was so expensive Mm. um, in that area at the time and in the 80s in real life. They didn't want to put a stigma on it. They didn't want it, yeah. So they would have rather got rid of dead bodies and painted it all to sell it rather than letting anyone know. And that is the actual truth of what the the director meant for that scene, which is why she asked him about the ad in the newspaper that the real estate vendor said about the ad. And and he said, oh, yeah, I did see the ad. And she said there wasn't an ad. And they look at each other weirdly. It's because the director actually is saying that that scene was the fact that they got rid of the bodies and painted it because they wanted to sell it. You remember that stain on my ceiling, mate? Do you know what I mean, though? I mean, how sort of, um, how fucked up would it have to be to even be an idea that that was something that you could do um, and maybe even was done? Yeah, well, it's one of them, I suppose, the address sold it, didn't it? Because they were forever telling them where they live exactly. in these prestige places. Mm-hmm. Like you say, you don't want the stigma of a couple of corpses. Yeah, so apparently looking at it afterwards, that did, it, it, there was actually dead yeah. bodies in there. Yeah, well, like I say, I, I have every, every confidence that he was knocking a few people off. That was Paul Allen's apartment, wasn't it? Yeah. So if, yeah. if, uh, if the bodies were in there, then, then surely Paul Allen... Was uh, was killed as well, or because he definitely he went to London, and I mean maybe skipping forward a bit, but yeah. his lawyer 
said that he'd seen him in London. Well, so. that, so I've read that this could be another thing of mistaken identity where someone thinks they saw Paul Allen, but they just saw another generic twat of the same people, yeah. that same sort of thing where he's Hildebrand mm. or... We'll go, yeah, we'll Colbus get to that. Around. We'll get to that. Oh, sorry, I'm rushing it. No, no, no. I've just got something to say. Go <laughs> I just want to say about um, Christian Bale's performance. We said that it was really good. A couple of the scenes where he's not actually sort of going full on psycho, which I thought did show. It, I thought he was great in it. Is the one where he does confess to his lawyer, and the one where he breaks yeah. down to Jean. I thought that because he's on his own, he's on the, obviously yeah. on the telephone. I thought he'd done a great job of those two yeah. scenes. Well, I got, I found it really sad that everyone else is so self-absorbed to notice any of his cries for help. Because actually, through the film, there's quite a few there when he starts talking to the missus and stuff like that, yeah. and he is asking for help, albeit subtly. Yeah. Um, but he he commanded them scenes. I thought they were great. Yeah. That final scene where he confesses to the what is it? He says uh, twenty, forty murders or something. Yeah. Apparently, they shot that like. 15 times or something and Mary Harron describes that each time Bale got better and better and better more manic more crazy uh, and that was like the 14th or 15th take that they ended up using where he's he's sweating and he's just going he's just going at it on the phone to the lawyer yeah but yeah I, I enjoyed that one too we touched on it but let's get to uh, the ending obviously with the lawyer so what mm. did it make you feel at the end then what what did you actually think at the end with regards to whether he did it or didn't it's that ambiguousness, isn't it? I think it's that great thing you can decide. Yeah. Um, I've read... It's, I think this is another one in fan theory films, isn't it? I know you can have what the director wanted to say, what the novel actually said, but it's what you take from it to whether or not you go... I'll be honest, first time I watched it, I was like, you're joking, this is all a fucking dream shit. Yeah. But it is that ambiguousness where I think you can decide at what level you think he bailed out at or what he participated in. Yeah. What about you, Dan? I mean, if if you're having a discussion about whether or not you think he he did those murders, all of them, I think 100% the last few scenes are definitely a fantasy. And if I had to decide, I think the rest of it, I think all of it is probably fantasy. And the only reason I say that is because the, at the very start of the film, he uh, is quite unpleasant to the barmaid at, at the club and she can't hear him. Mm-hmm. Again, at the laundrette, they don't hear his his slurs. And then there's a scene as well where he's, he's dragging a body um, through the lobby of a, of a building. And there's blood streaks behind the body. Yeah, in, when, in a Jean-Paul Gaultier holdall. Yeah, the materialist yeah, exactly. bits comes into it as well. And the, 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 the thing I like about that was his friend only noticed how nice the holdall was. Carry on, sorry. Yeah, that was, that was a great scene. No, no, but that, that was literally it. So it, you see the streaks of blood, but no one seems to notice. And, well, I suppose that's uh, but, another thing of, did he only notice the holdall because there weren't actually a body? Yeah. The director said that she admits that she made a mistake with the final scene with the lawyer she did not want to give the impression that it was all in his head she said that he definitely had killed some people mm-hmm. um he was probably exaggerating how many he had killed mm-hmm. but he certainly had and it was literally just another case of mistaken identity so the lawyer thought that he had dinner with paul allen but he had he had dinner with someone who looks like paul allen which I didn't get from that last okay. scene. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I did, when when he did actually say it, well, came off, and I went. Actually, I can't remember whether the film. You, you always look for it, don't you? On the ambiguous ones, you always tend to look and try and research it and think, oh, "Am I right? Which way did it go?" But yeah, apparently, yeah. it. She she admits that she made a mistake in making people think that he didn't kill people. Okay. And it was just another case of mistaken identity by the lawyer. 
Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I think it's a better film for it. To be honest, I, I enjoy having this unanswered question and, and the sort of film you can have a discussion about. If that scene had been different, then it would be a different discussion about the film, wouldn't it? Yeah. It wouldn't even be a discussion. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she has to apologise. No. I think people take no. from it what they did. But she, like I say, she actually believes that she made a mistake. So she well. certainly hasn't wrapped it up in ribbons and bows. She still left it open ended for people to make their own decision on and that's probably yeah i think it went a slightly too far down the line of um making you think that he didn't do it if i'm honest i think it probably there probably could have been a little bit more subtle because i certainly came away and went actually he didn't do it but uh but maybe i'm just an idiot well also when you got that last scene as well there's the thing that says this is not an exit on the door Mm. apparently that's the last words of the book is it? Yeah, so they sort of an ode to that. It's based on, or there's, apparently there's a short film about three people stuck in a room and they realise it's hell and none of them want to leave because they don't trust what the other ones are doing so they're stuck in this eternal thing. So it's sort of an ode to saying that he's actually stuck in his own head and he's stuck in his own, his, his life is his own hell so he's sort of stuck. So Dan, what did you think of the end, mate? Did it tie up nicely for you? The ending I really enjoyed when he gets to the very end and he, he sort of says, this is what is he says, my confession has meant nothing. And like you said, he's, he's trapped in his own head. And so it continues. So the film ends, but there's no real resolution. And I, I just feel that the ending just feeds into that entire narrative mm. perfectly for me. Uh, and I really enjoyed, I mean, whether it was a mistake or, or whether it was on purpose to direct to certain creative choices, I think what, we got is exactly what I can't imagine this film any differently. If it was any less ambiguous, I don't think I'd enjoy it as much. I think there's, there's so much in there to ask so many questions. And that ending is exactly the same thing. It just, it just sort of ends with Bateman. Uh, he's confessed to himself or to the lawyer and to, to various other people, but there is no resolution. It's just the end. What happens next? We don't know. Well, well, I mean, American Psycho 2 happened next, but yeah, I know. Yeah, have you that. seen that one? It's in American no. Psycho 2. No, <laughs> okay, right, okay. So, I mean, I don't have much more. You got any more guys? Would you um, want to score I it? I think the what? only thing I wanted to mention was about the throughout the film is just the little tiny subtle details and the little tiny subtle scenes that were in it that sort of picked up. And there was one in particular which makes me, I mean, I laughed out loud every time I've seen it, but it was when he's laying in bed with the two prostitutes and she rolls over and he's like, Don't touch the watch. <laughs> Yeah, and it's stuff that all them little tiny subtle scenes where it plays upon his character. I thought they added the attention to detail throughout. It really, really helped it. Totally, and that um, the watch scene. It was um, it was meant. I don't know if you meant to be Rolex, but it was meant to be Rolex, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what it was in the book, but they couldn't get the rights, and uh, there were so many rights issues with with this film. Uh, From what I've heard, most of the budget went on licensing, but yeah, I don't think anyone wanted to be associated with it. Did they? (laughs) Don't want to be the poster boy for the American Psycho. I doubt it. No, Bateman never wore a a Valentino suit as long as he was doing murders. I think he was uh, he was only allowed to do he was only allowed to wear the Valentino suit if he wasn't killing someone. Was he? Yeah, Yeah. interesting. I didn't notice that. No, not at all. Again, attention to detail, mate. It is. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, have you got scores, guys? Are we going to score it? I mean, for me, it's it's one of my it's in my top ten of all time. So for me, it's like a you do it out of a hundred, right? Out of a hundred, yeah. yes, out of a hundred. So, oh, I'm going to go for a, a ninety-seven. Why me? Some big scores coming one. from some guests. Big old score. Guests have been scoring big the one. films massively. Yeah, makes me feel really bad about yeah. scoring like. Okay, I've had to take a couple of points off. Okay, because the Blu-ray's in a black case. <laughs> Don't sit oh. well with me, mate. It just fucks me over. I'll just look at it and it's... As if you care. Look, Dan, I don't know. It's a pity you can't see that. As if well, you not, care not about what they look like. The they're... DVDs are getting well, there. this one. Huh? 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a black case. As if you can't look at the state of it, there's not even alphabetized or nothing. I haven't mate. got to them yet, but right. yeah, it's black. but I <laughs> I think this deserves in the nineties, and I've gone for a ninety-one. Okay. All right. He deserves in the 90s. All right. I mean, I am a notoriously low scorer. Mm. I've got 86. Okay. Um, I still do like it. Films like this tend to uh, sort of fluctuate for me. My closing monologue is I love the intensity. We've all got a bit of Patrick in us, even though we don't kill the homeless. Speak for yourself, mate. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> so there you go. So that's a big scorer, isn't it? Yeah. He so. was quality film. I was yeah. so happy when that come through on Twitter, I'll yeah. tell you. Are you so. adding um, a new column to the, the Movie Drone scores for guests? Is it on there? I haven't. No? No, I, I haven't to. as yet. But <laughs> okay, need to do just that. Just trying to keep that one up to date. All right, then, better. Dan, are you going to join us for Also Watch? Do you watch anything else this week, mate? I don't want you to ruin stuff that you want to talk about on uh, on Twin Picks, but uh you watched anything else you want to tell us about? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've um, our episode doesn't come out until after yours, so All right, I'll, okay. I'll go for it. And I've watched a few more. So I watched, I watched American Psycho three times. Right, I didn't watch number two though. No, have you seen number? Have you seen number two? Have you bothered? You know what? I haven't. Right, I I haven't because I've just heard that it's total dog shit. So I just won't. I won't bother. I just can't. can't, But apparently they made it, and it wasn't intended to be an American Psycho sequel. They made it, and then just slapped an American Psycho case logo on it afterwards. After after the fact. Okay. So it's not meant to be tied in in any way. Right. I watched um, Logan. I watched that again this week. I haven't seen that for a while. I enjoy watching. Logan. Logan Noir or? No, not Logan. It's funny you should mention that because I was having this discussion the other day about black and white, but I won't, I won't go down that rabbit hole. Right. But it, was the, it, was the, it was the colour version. Right, okay. All right. I've heard that the Mad Max uh, black and white one's really good as well. So mm. I've, I've heard I've, this. Yeah, I've got Logan Noir. I think it comes, doesn't it, on the set. Anyway, I digress. Go on. You mentioned Mad Max. That was the next one, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, was it? Oh, There's a black and white one of yeah. on that as well. Yeah, and it's meant to be. I've heard it's incredible. Like, I'm not on for black and white versions of things generally because I think films are, um, are meant to be made with are made with colour in mind. But apparently with that one, it was made to be that kind of chrome effect anyway. So I've got to see that. But but yeah, I watched a regular colour version of that. Big Trouble in Little China, which is a, a, a favourite of mine. That's in my top ten as well. Okay, yeah, I've got, I've got that. you seen that, Mark? Mm. Have you? Okay. Years ago, but mm. I have. I love Big Trouble in Little China. My favourite Carpenter film. I watched, um, first time watch, a film called De La Morte de More, um, also known as Cemetery Man uh, in English, which is the got Rupert Everett in it, and it's a kind of an early 90s sci- um, zombie film. Oh, right. I never that was, that was really good. Yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was really, really, really good, actually. That was on ha- Amazon Prime, and that was, as I say, that was a first time watch. I really enjoyed watching that. Sticking with zombies, I watched Return of the Living Dead 3. Right, okay. And, <laughs> and Return of the Living Dead 4, which... <laughs> Don't watch Return of the Living Dead 4. It's, uh, I've seen them all. I think, yeah. I think I've seen every <laughs> single shit I've film. Got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen every single shit horror, I think, that was made, apart from, I think, two that Mark's given me for homework, probably <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Um, I think there is a, the list is about two, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah not. I've seen them all, the trauma and all that, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I, I don't mind them. I think they're funny, but there you go. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love three. I think three is Three is genuinely one of my favourite horror films. It's 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 got like a, it holds a, a memory for me as a young boy seeing yeah. it. My parents accidentally walking into the room where my parents are watching it. And uh, two others uh, were for my podcast. Uh, we watched Only Lovers Left Alive, and we need to talk about Kevin. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, we Tilda Swinton films. 
Yeah, yeah, we covered Need to Talk About Kevin. You gave um, it to me, I think. Back, yeah. I don't think you liked it, mate. Nah, I mean, I'm a low scorer, but um, I, I did see it, yeah. I, so it was, I mean, it was all right. It wasn't too bad. Um, what have you watched then, mate? I have watched a few, mate. Not that many, because I've been trying to keep ahead, because I'm going away the weekend. Um, but I watched Blade. Have you? I ain't seen Blade for a little while. Right. That was good. I've still got that in the 70s. Right. Still got 75 on that. Okay. Enjoyed that. I've got Land of the Dead. Not my oh, right. favourite yeah. one of them. I've only on the got island, 66 of that one. Like an island. Thing, yeah, right? that's the one. Yeah. Um, I've got The Descent. Okay, yeah. One I've of still f- got 82 on that's that. That's a better tunnel film than that Sanctum. Yeah, I really you know, like that. The Descent. That's a good okay. only bit Sanctum I did. Sanctum is rubbish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it Follows. Okay. Watch that again. I've got 83 on that. Yeah, it's good. I really like that one. I thought it was really, really well, I thought good. that you slagged that off a bit when I gave, well, lent it to you when I first got it. I I've said, learned a lot this. about film the... over the last couple of years, mate. <laughs> right, okay. Is that it? Yep, that's right, it. Right, okay. I've watched Blade 2. Okay. Oh, I did, yeah. They've got them all on thing, haven't oh, they? Amazon, I don't yeah. mind Blade 2. 75 I've got on oh, I've got a Blade Trinity. Thing. Well, I've got 68 because I watched that as well. Oh, did Blade you? Trinity, yeah. Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Biel. It is, yeah. But it's a bit poo, that, isn't it? It's not as good, that yeah. one. Um, and I, the other thing I watched is a Safdie Brothers film, Good Time. Um, don't mm. know if you've seen that, yeah. Um, I'm not going to give you a score on that because okay. I know you ain't seen it. No, I haven't. So right. I'm not going to ruin it seen for it, you. Seen it, heard of it. No, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, Uncut Gems. You seen Uncut Gems, Dan? I've seen both of those. Yeah, yeah. I'd say if you're going to watch Good Time, have, maybe have a little sleep before you before you watch <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Just, Uncut just Gems. I mean, Uncut Gems. I have got floating around in my top films at the moment. I can't get enough really? of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Safety Brothers, Good Time. We'll see whether that pops its head above the parapet. Yeah, Mark. that's exciting. So there you go. Thanks very much for that, Dan. For joining us uh, and choosing such a good film. Please can you tell us how people can get hold of you and the Twin Picks podcast and all of that? Yeah, so I've, I have my own podcast called, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the Twin Picks podcast. And we, we, we're generally active on Instagram. You can head over to my Instagram at flick.face and you can find links to the podcast and whatnot. Um, but yeah, we have a, a new episode every week at the moment while we're in a strange time, shall we say. So we pick a theme for each um, each podcast is a different theme. And uh, next week, it's actually Tilda Swinton. So if you're listening to this, our Tilda Swinton episode will probably be already out. Okay. Is oh, she actually, coming on, is she? Yeah, yeah, she is actually. She could only come on for a couple of minutes because she's very busy. I, just, very I actually busy. walked past her once about yeah. she was a foot away from me. I'll tell you what, just get Mark to do an impression of her. <laughs> and just pretend it's uh just just do that that would just be amazing let's be the best episode let's ever not. yeah i mean we've got a little surprise for you sort of earlier in our episode mate because you've got the stitch up section haven't you so um i know yeah. nicole got in trouble um for that and you might be in trouble again um for that one as well so you better have a listen to the oh, whole brilliant. episode so uh but yeah thank you very much you for coming so on smug and pleasing yeah, yourself I, I, like, I like ruining people's weeks <laughs> years you do a good lives. job of mine every fucking <laughs> week mate. ruin Jill's life <laughs> um so yeah so thanks very much mate uh, yeah everybody listen to twin picks we love twin picks um it's good fun nicole's great uh we obviously had a yeah. question on again thank you very much yeah thank you mate it's been a pleasure yeah I go and enjoy your wine. How much you been for a bottle while you've been on there? About three quarters, I would say. It's important to stay rehydrated, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm just sweating wine, I think. (laughs) Enjoy your weekend, Dan, and we'll speak to you very soon. Thank you, mate. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. See you later. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. That was nice having Dan on, wasn't it? That was a nice bloke, wasn't he? Yeah, lovely. Lovely, lovely fella. Um, I feel bad now about challenging him around this week. No, well, not really. I mean, I'm going to say it on the podcast and maybe edit it out, you know what I mean? But yeah. I don't really feel that bad, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> okay. It makes me look better. Right, okay. Do you want to move on? Yes, mate. 
This is the next section. This is a section that we like to call Question. Homo. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly said movie drive. <laughs> Homework. Okay, so this is a section where we give each other films that we like and the other one hasn't seen on the hope of uncovering hidden gems. What did you give me this week, mate? I gave you a film that's currently 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a 15, one hour, 33 minutes long build as a horror thriller with a synopsis of a cryptic phone call sets off a dangerous game of risk for Elliot, a down-on-his-luck salesman. The game promises increasing rewards for completing 13 tasks, each more sinister than the last. Starring Mark Webber and Ron Perlman, $4 million budget, grossing $826,000. This was 2014's 13 Sins. Yes, it was. Okay. I'm, I like the bloke's rhyme at the start. The yeah. old bloke. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought, I started watching it. I thought, actually, that's funny. I quite like that. Yeah. But obviously, the premise has been done before. Yeah. It's sort of like a bit of a, I suppose, loosely round sort. It's not really what a sort. What do you think the premise has been done before? Yeah, well, it's sort of loosely around saw do you know what i mean you have to you got to do certain things that are not i mean yeah. the pre- loosely i suppose yeah. loosely i mean his day went down at deal really fast yeah i found i mean like lost his job yeah. dad come to live with him it did go pretty south pretty quickly yeah. so i could understand his choice of doing this would you do it would you do it i mean not after seeing this film but would, would you get in, involved in something i suppose like this? it's that one in things and you get suckered in for the first couple where they go go on lick a bug and you think, yeah, I can do this. But yeah. it's that exponential growth in it, and it gets so bad so quickly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it got as bad as I thought it could have done. No. I've got to be honest. There yeah. were some bits that I thought were um, were pretty good. So the couple of best tasks, cutting the bully's arm off. Yeah. I thought that was a good yeah. one. I mean, that was the first time, as Jill mentioned to me, the first time that we'd had someone outside of or that knew about the game, obviously, yeah. joining in. So you could see that it was more of like a corporation sort of thing rather yeah. than just someone um taking the piss um and the motorbikes bit i thought that was good yeah uh, when everyone got dig- it was good yeah, yeah yeah even though he didn't do it so i quite like that um ron perlman didn't really go for him as a cop a bit wasted wasn't cop. He? yeah he didn't really do a lot very dialed in performance until the big reveal dun, dun, dun. yeah but very sort of dialed in performance yeah. yeah i mean obviously we had the twist at the end that was i mean i don't know it, it, the film lost its way i think a bit at the end yeah. so i was enjoying the tasks one of my favorite ones was making the kid cry yeah i thought that was good yeah. <laughs> i would have enjoyed that one the ostrich bit did i miss something that was there a bit anyway. cut out well anyway but did I miss something? Because all of a sudden, basically, they're following the tramp. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's at the police station. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're talking about the fact that he offered him an ostrich or something. And then yeah. you saw an ostrich. Swap signing for an ostrich. But I got it? really lost there. I didn't understand where, he, where this I ostrich might, come I from. I think there was some weird editing going on. Yeah, where did he... I mean, but what the fuck? Why leave that in and go... Yeah, it was an emu anyway. Yeah, but it was very, very weird. Yeah. I didn't really understand that bit. And then, like I say, I thought it got lost toward the end. I thought it just petered out with a... It seemed like the ending had been changed so many times, it got very confused. Yeah. Obviously, they were bringing in twists and turns and other characters, not other characters, but his brother they brought in. 
Um, he was in it obviously earlier, but they bought in. He was in the game, and then obviously you had the twist with Ron Perlman. So I just thought it lost its way, lost steam towards the end. Yeah. I didn't mind it. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't think you're expecting it to be a big score. No, it was more um, seeing the premise. I think the premise for me, I know you said it's been done before. I didn't feel that it had. I see what you're saying about that similarity. Mm. I just thought they, they could have done better with it, but I actually thought it was quite a clever idea. Okay. Have you seen a film called Nerve? Yes. You have? Yeah. Um, so it's been done since. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but obviously. Yeah, I mean, I've got 60. I'll take that, mate. I didn't mind it. No, I've got a good well, premise. I'm happy, happy, happy with that. So I've got a good premise, loses steam. Yeah. So uh, I thought it could have been better. It would be nice to that, have seen something like that, maybe with a bigger budget and better people in it. I yeah. think it might have been, might have been quite good. Mm. It's just a pity that it's ended up with this sort of level of um, actors yeah. and budget. Yeah. But yeah, all I'll right. Take, I'll Not take 60, bad. mate. I'll okay. that. All right. So I gave you, mate, a 2016 film directed by Jim Hoskin, starring Michael St. Michael, Sky Elabar, Elizabeth DeRazzo, Gil Gex, Abdelay Ngom, Holland McFallister, running time of 93 minutes with a box office of $45,000. I haven't got a budget, don't think it had one. 5.7 on IMDb, 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a synopsis of Ronnie runs a disco walking tour of his son Braden. When a sexy woman takes the tour, it becomes a competition between father and son for her love. He also signals the arrival of an oily strangler who stalks the street at night. I gave you 2016's The Greasy Strangler. Yes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, can I just put a disclaimer yes. in here, right? Yeah. I don't care yep. what you thought of it, okay. right? I wanted you to see it. Yeah. If you hate it, you hate it. Yeah. If you liked it, you liked it. Yeah. It's not going to stop my enjoyment of okay. the film. Okay. Um, I, so I just want to put that in there. Cool. I'm not going to get upset. That's good. I'm not going to get upset. Sexy woman. <laughs> anyway, absolutely fucking ridiculous, mate. How anyone funded this or got funding to make this is fucking beyond me. But it did make me laugh more than I can remember for a long time. <laughs> I, I actually proper belly laughed at this. A lot of it did make me laugh. Okay. Um, there was lots of weird, surreal scenes that will stay with me for a long, long time right. that I wish I could forget and I can't. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, four words for you. Hooty tooty disco cutie. Yeah. I've been walking around singing it. Right. I've got, I've just got, I honestly can't say a lot about it. I'm just dumbfounded as to whether it's comic genius or an absolute fucking mess of a film. What would you like to talk about? What would I like yeah. to talk about? I, I just, I really struggle with notes on this one because it is just so insane. The it pig is. man, I mean, the fingers going in the pig man's <laughs> nose. You've got the prosthetic penises. You've got. <sighs> Were the, they though? Do you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, oh, okay. done the research. Oh, okay. um, you've got the car wash scenes. I, I don't, I did giggle all my way through the Porto scene. Yeah, brilliant, isn't it? Um, I mean, it's. Re- I've got to be honest, right? Watching it this time, Jill was uh, playing her Animal Crossing yeah. thing, and it was on, yeah. and she can't help but look. You know yeah. what I mean? Now I'm laughing exactly again, right? What I had, right? So I'm laughing a lot still, yeah. and she's looking at it and going, "How can you fucking laugh at this?" And like, this exactly is exactly what I had. I've got to be honest; it's a bit ruder than I remember. Yeah, there's there's, there's a little yes. bit of um, there's quite a bit of cock bum, a muff, and yeah. boobs. Yeah, um, so it is a bit ruder than in. I remember. Bums and stuff. <laughs> so it is a little bit ruder than I remember, but it didn't put me off. It's proper crude. 
It is crude, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I've got the Greasy Strangler as my um, Twitter picture, yeah. um, as you, as you yeah. probably know. Um, I love the car wash scene every time he does yeah. it. I mean, the reason that I love it is, I think I remember saying the story, is that everyone was out one night and I was, was on, at home on my own. Yeah. And I hadn't gone out for some reason, I can't remember. And I sat and watched this and I was absolutely pissing myself. I remember sending the scene where they're all dancing, you know, where they're dancing in the club and the bloke slides up behind them. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember videoing it on the telly and sending it to everyone. I remember getting it. Exactly. A film had not, uh, I was going to say touched me then, but a film had not affected me comedy wise like this for, for absolutely ages. Do you know what I mean? I'll be honest, it was funny. Yeah, it's I, funny, I, I did like there was I had the same thing. We sat down, she got a Kindle out, and I kept seeing her watching it, not reading the thing. I was saying, You're enjoying this, and she's like, No, it's like an eclipse. <laughs> I thought that was quite a good analogy because right. you part of you just thinks, What the fuck am I watching? But, but, but I did laugh. Yeah. I, I did actually at one point have to hold my belly, and right. I was like, So comedy, it, I mean, that's for me, like it comedy. delivers comedy, yeah, but. Again, it's a car crash, mate. But but why? Do, I mean, like I say, why do you have to? You don't have to understand comedy, do you? Things make you laugh. If things yes, make yes. you laugh, it doesn't particularly have to be something sensible. Yeah. It obviously can be something weird. It doesn't have to make sense. I know what you're saying. There's it, a lot of the scenes just do not make any sense, yeah. and it is vile. I mean, the swapping but, with the son and the dad. <laughs> And oh, the, I mean, the woman's awful. She is awful. Do I say it is a car crash? But it was funny. I did get. Into, you're not going to like my score on it, but I did get a Don't lot. Of, I'd say I, I got a lot of enjoyment out of the laughs on it. Will I ever watch it again? Probably, sadly. Right. But <laughs> yeah, it, I've got thirty six. Have you? Yeah. I mean, that's a bit low for a film that you that you made you laugh. But um, I don't care. I, I can't I can't give it points for it I can't give it points for it looking good I can't give it points for it's quite a colourful very <laughs> disco lot colourful but I can't give it necessarily for acting performances because I have no idea whether they're good actors or not apparently not, the guy who plays the Greasy Strangler was John Travolta's hair yeah he was, was a hairdresser yeah. <laughs> um, I have no idea whether he's a good actor or not because this I, I just don't know this isn't acting this is just off the wall batshit crazy right. but it, it was Far from the worst thing I've seen, mate. Okay, mate. I'll leave that for brain dead. Okay, <laughs> that'll do. So what you got for me next week? Well, we got a special week next week, mate, and we? Mm. Special episode. Dun, dun, dun. We're doing 1970s creature features, mate. Oh, yeah. Excited, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. There we go, then. So I'm giving you a film that's currently 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Check this out. It's rated X, PG, and 15. <laughs> PG on the actual thing as you watch it. It's 15 on the Blu-ray case and it's X on IMDb. But it's a horror sci-fi with a synopsis of a college student becomes a lab assistant to a scientist who is working on a serum that can transform humans into snakes. Starring Strother Martin, Dirk Benedict and Heather Menzies Ulrich. With a $1.3 million budget grossing $1 million. This is 1973. Is it? Yeah. What? I'll be, it's just called S. Right, okay. Uh, I think they did, so people could pronounce it, it was called Snake at some point. But right. it is called 
Seven S's. Okay. There you go. Right. So I'm giving you a 1977 film directed by Herb Wallenstein, starring Bo Svensson, Yvette Miro, Robert Logan, Clint Walker and Sylvia Sidney. Running time of 86 minutes and it's a 4.7 on IMDb and 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. With a synopsis of a Colorado ski resort is besieged, actually besieged by a subhuman beast that commits brutal murders on the slopes. I'm giving you 1977's Snow Beast. It hasn't got a budget now. It was a TV movie, I think. Okay. I didn't realise that. I watched it when I was young. It's got nostalgia for me. Okay. One of the first horror films that I ever watched. Okay. It's PG, I, didn't you say? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it is. I think no clue. Um, one of the first horror movies I ever watched. It's come up on Prime. I can't believe that it's actually available. So if anyone's got Prime, please have a look. Of Snow Beast. I saw it when I was well young. Oh, it's scary. Yeah, we'll give it a go, mate. Okay. See what happens. So next week's main to finish off the creature feature. What we're doing? Well, in homage to my attack earlier <laughs> this week, uh, we're going to watch The Swarm. We are going to watch The Swarm, yeah. Yeah, 1970s creature feature special. We are, yeah. I wish that had stung you on the nose or something, so that yeah. when Dan came round and like, saw you... Like, you know, like, he would have seen that it thought it was, like, one of those fisheye lenses, you know, with, like, your nose just, like, protruding yeah, yeah. out into the, into the... Paul's like that work at the moment. He got bit by something. He's Did had he? a reaction to it. Has yeah. he? Yeah, not on his nose, on his eye, bless him. It does oh, look really? painful. Oh. Don't want to embarrass him in front of everyone listening, but I'll take a picture and I'll put it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay mate do you want to reiterate how people can get us on social media yes mate they can get us on twitter or instagram which is at movie underscore drone or via email on movie drone podcast at hotmail.com excellent uh, thank you very much for that then mate yeah. so thanks for dan for coming on that's excellent huge thanks, thanks. pleasure to meet him mm, thanks, properly yeah thanks for paul for the question yeah. and thanks to everyone for listening yeah, we need to get out of here before the uh water starts actually dripping off the ceiling yeah. i mean you know i always joke about you having a turn and that yeah. you know what i mean i mean i, I don't mean for you to have one while I'm here. I right. do not want to be looking after you. I want to be hot out. No, I just want dabbing to... my head with a flannel. No, so let's let's like get out of here now, <laughs> yeah. I'm up to that. All right. <laughs> Say goodbye then, Mark. Goodbye then, Mark. See you later, everybody. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Fucking Mrs. moaned at me this week. Apparently I don't buy her flowers. Huh? I didn't even know she sold them. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Just the one. I've got another one. Oh, just, yeah. we do just the one. Cool. I know. It's no. up to you, mate. Well, as you know, popped shopping the other day. Mm-hmm. Was going in Morrison's. This bloke ran out with a big joint of beef under his arm. Mm-hmm. Security guard shouted him, "Here, mate, what are you doing with that?" And he turned around and he went, oh, "A few roast taties, Yorkshire puddings, and some carrots." Oh, yeah, do you want me to leave that leave one? Leave dead, do the first one. Okay. Just do, I mean, that. just to fill it, just do the noise. <laughs>